1: We are so glad that you're here today. Welcome to episode 21 of the Life Lessons Podcast. 21, that sounds legit, Sherry. I know, it's exciting. It really is. You know what else is exciting? Well, a lot of things are exciting, but what? It's spring. Oh, yeah, that's true. Before we got on to record, I sat in the sunshine. Can I tell you a funny story? Yes. Last night, Chad said to me, he said, it's going to be really hot this week. And I said, hooray. And he's like, that's not what I meant. And I'm like, what? He was like c- complaining about it was going to be hot or warning me. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't understand why it that
0: hooray. Yeah, somebody at work <laughs> was complaining that it was hot at work the other day. And it was like 72 degrees. And I had a jacket on. And I was like, it is not hot in here. I have goosebumps on my head. And they're like, it's 72 degrees. I'm sweating. Oh my and gosh. I said, did you see the picture of me on Facebook when I was working in gin sauna in jeans and boots and a long sleeve shirt, and it was 112 degrees? And it felt like heaven? <laughs>
1: I'm like, yeah. So I'm like, no. I don't. 72 is not hot for me. It is not. No. <laughs> <laughs> I had on sandals this morning, like little flip-flop things, and then I, I switched out to boots.
0: Well, we are in that weather where I started with Uggs, and then
1: I had to shed some clothes to go outside and sit in the sun for a little bit. I can't sit in the sun because they're out in the backyard digging up the pool. Y'all might hear loud noises. We have dump trucks coming and going with dirt. They're moving dirt right now. So if anybody hears loud noises, sorry. It is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) So I can't go back there because I have men in the backyard. Jen has been uh had an exciting past week. Oh, She's Lordy. had a water line get busted yep. and a gas line get busted. Is that Yes. Can I tell you something funny? Because we were like, you know how they always say call before you dig. Uh-huh. And then I, I mentioned it to, you know, Sherry and some friends that are like, I guess you should have done the call before you dig. So then Chad was like, Well, we better just get him out here. So we're doing all this work in the backyard. So the guy came to mark everything. And I'm like, well, we should have called you senior because we've already had the guy out there smashed up the water line. He smashed up the gas line. He said, we don't mark in the backyard. <laughs> oh, what? And I said, so that wouldn't have helped at all. He's like, no. Oh, my gosh. They only mark in the front and up to like wherever your utility box is. Anything that happens behind there, you're just on your own. So that made me feel a little better because there's nothing we could have done to prevent it. Okay,
0: yeah, because I guess
1: I wondered why your construction crew did not call before they did.: I, Right. You know, it makes me feel better that they did know what they were doing as far as like, yeah, they, they were in the backyard only. So
0: oh, you want to hear the dumbest thing ever about me? What? When I was young in like grade school, I grew up in Kansas City, and the mountains of Colorado were a long, long way away. And a friend of mine told me he went to visit his grandmother in the mountains of Colorado. And it only rained in the backyard. And for the longest time, I thought it only rained in the backyard in Colorado.
1: Oh, that's so funny.
0: I thought it had something to do with like the way the, the houses were built on the mountain. And <laughs> I was probably in middle school before I realized that that
1: was not how it works. It's not the truth of Colorado. <laughs>
0: But it made me think of that when you said you don't have to mark the backyard. You,
1: yeah, you, they don't even have that stuff written down anywhere. So all right, we're learning a lot about our yard. It had a lot buried in it, but not anymore. <laughs> now it's got nothing. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It is, but it's a lot of work. You know, we're you don't just fill in a pool. You have to demo it. Mm-hmm. So now we know. Yeah. And then they filled it in. Where do they do? That? They bring the dirt in to fill it in. They're bringing in dirt today, and we're also doing some digging from a side, uh, the side yard over there behind the the garage. Uh-huh. They're moving that hill. We're going to level that. Uh-huh. That's going because it's got a slight slope to it. We're doing fixing some drainage problems. We're fixing basically everything. We're doing had to be done because our old pool was cracked. The old decks were rotten. Like I put my foot through it. I mean, we knew when we bought this house that it it had some things. Right. The yard right. had deferred maintenance. Because the pool was built in the eighties, and we have drainage issues on that side of the house because of the neighbors' water just pours out of their hill and like comes across the driveway and rushes into the garage. So mm-hmm. we've got to fix some drainage problems.
0: It seems silly that they're going to fill in all that dirt and then they're going to dig it back out dig to it put back the out. new pool
1: in. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. I'm just seems, letting like them do a, it. seems like a lot of unnecessary work. <laughs> but I guess they have to get a good, good foundation. Yeah, I'm sure it has to be level. packet down. Good. It has to be. Yeah. And then, cause the pool is tiny. We're getting a tight, it's like 16 feet long. The right. pool We're getting, it's really just a little dunk pool. Right. And really we almost didn't put one in, but I, I called my realtor and said, you know, right now are people wanting pools or not wanting pools? And she said, everybody wants a pool. Oh yeah. Pool, the pool business right now is, mm-hmm crazy busy we were thinking what would be better for resale Mm -hmm. you know do we put in another pool because we this one had to go Mm -hmm. but do we put in another one it seems really dumb to take out a pool and put in a pool but according to our realtor a nice fresh little pool will pay for itself at resale versus not having a pool right well we'll see who knows we're going to enjoy it anyway so well i'll enjoy it when i come see you You will if she just said no pools don't add to resale we would not have put it in But she said, everybody's looking for a pool. They are. Because we're spending more time at home. And And I don't see that that's going to change. A friend of mine
0: just went to get a hot tub. And she was told there was going to be a multi-month wait for a hot tub. Like Mm -hmm. pools, hot tubs, backyard, living spaces.
1: They're just booming right now. We had to wait a long time. Our pool was on back order because we're getting a fiberglass pool. They're easier to keep. But it was on back order. And it was supposed to come in February. And now it's coming in April. So... That's exciting. It is exciting. Well, in each show,
0: we always start with a good new segment. And today's submission comes from Grace, and it's a story about her mom and a shout out to her mom. She wrote to us and she said, I was born in the Philippines. We were impoverished to the point that my mom would send me to the neighbors during dinner time and ask me to spend vacations with my aunts and uncles just so that I could be fed. My mother only finished first grade and my father dropped out of high school. Jobs were hard to come by in the Philippines for both my mom and dad, and they tried their hardest to make do with what they had. We were often evicted because we couldn't pay rent. I remember being taunted and teased by family members and neighbors who had the means to have good food like fried chicken, and I would come home to my mom and ask why I couldn't have any. With tears in her eyes, my mom would tell me that one day we'd have our own fried chicken and we wouldn't have to share with them either. My parents were often looked down on and mistreated by well-to-do family members. Any help that was given to us was lorded over us. I remembered the stress that my mom went through as she had to find a way to pay for my school funds. She made trips to family members and friends asking for a loan to help me go to school. She often pawned her most precious valuables, a necklace, her wedding ring, just to pay for food, my school tuition, rent, and medicine if we were lucky. I migrated to America with my dad when I was nine years old. My father's side of the family told my dad that I would never amount to anything. My mom and my brother immigrated to America when I was 17 years old. And at this point, all four of us lived in one room in a house because that was all we could afford. I am now proud to say that I have received my master's degree and I'm currently a resident in counseling and will be a licensed professional counselor in less than two years. As for my mother, she went to ESL classes and learned English. She bust tables at a restaurant, worked as a janitor and a cleaning lady, and she was able to move up and is now a quality control supervisor for a medical company. She was able to start a pig farm in the Philippines to help support her family. She renovated her mother's house and she continues to help my younger cousins with their school and college tuitions. She also helps to support a local church and feeds the whole church and most of the neighborhood on Sundays. Oh, I love that story. I do too. And if you listen to our movies episode, you know that I love a good story of struggle and triumph. And
1: I just really loved to hear Grace's story about her mom. You know, and it really puts things in perspective. The whole idea of, you know, we can't afford to have fried chicken. Mm-hmm. That's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. I loved that. So thank you so much, Grace, for telling us that story about your mother. So listeners, we need your stories Send your good news story to connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. We want to hear about companies that have given you exceptional customer service. Give a shout out to a special someone in your life. Tell us an amazing story or share anything that might be inspirational to fellow listeners. We look forward to hearing from you and sharing your good news in an upcoming episode. Before we get to the life lesson of the week, we want to take a
0: minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible for us to bring you this podcast and that is beauty counter. Jen and I love beauty counter. For many years, I was proactive about beauty products that only performed well, but that did not cause any potential long-term harm to my health. In my search for clean beauty products, I found myself buying various products from different companies that fit the bill, but yet I had to continually research them to make sure they didn't change the ingredients, and I couldn't buy them all from the same place. In the past six months, I've switched all my makeup and skincare products to Beauty Counter. Beauty Counter was founded on a mission to make skincare and makeup products that are safe for your skin. They have vetoed the use of over 1,800 different ingredients that are used today due to health concerns. And when I buy from them, it simplifies my life and it's one less thing for me to worry about. I have tried some other clean beauty brands over the years only for their products to cause me to break out or give me a rash or they just don't hold up to a 12 to 15 hour workday. I was resistant to try Beauty Counter at first for that reason. However, they have a generous refund policy, so I took the plunge, and I've never been sorry. I love their Counter Time regimen, and I love the Skin Twin Foundation. I've always received compliments about my skin, but lately they are coming more and more frequently. My skin looks radiant and clear. I've struggled with both melasma and sunspots, but they are almost
1: impossible to see anymore. That really is true. Now that you mention it, because you know I've known you for years now— you don't have that at all. I don't have the all. brown spots on my face no. anymore. You always have had that. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yes. Yeah, I know. Now that you mention it.
0: I mean, I credit intermittent fasting with a lot of that, balancing my hormones, and a lot of my melasma fe- faded. Yeah,
1: yeah. I've but seen it but in you. the
0: last six months, I can't even see it. I have one little spot over my left eyebrow. Wow. But I also have a scar there that I think just kind of made the scars a little discolored. Yeah, I mean, my skin looks... I mean, not to brag, but my skin looks amazing. (laughs) It does look amazing. I can see it. (laughs) I also switched to Beauty Counter's Clean Deodorant around Christmas time, and I could not be happier. This month, I ran out, and for eight days, I have used other brands that I've had laying around the house. And um, they are not the same as what I have been using for the past uh, three months. I got my new shipment in last night, actually, and I'm so excited. Anyway... If you want to learn more, visit beautycounter.com forward slash Sherry Bullock, or you can go to lifelessonscommunity.com forward slash
1: beauty counter. I had been using the deodorant, and then I'm like, you know, I don't know. I'm not so sure. Let me try something else. And I did. And I was like, uh So I'm back to the beauty counter deodorant. I'm, deodorant has been a constant struggle in my life. Just.
0: Well, you and I for a couple of years, yeah, have tried different brands Mm -hmm. and whatever. And so I have various ones laying around the house and I would try one. And then by bedtime, I was like, hmm. Yeah. I felt like I have to shower twice a day. With some of the right.
1: other brands, and I don't feel like that with Beauty Counter. Well, with the Beauty Counter, when I got to the end, I had a hard time at the end of it, when I got to the end of the, of the first container. So I was like, well, it's hard at the end, and you have to refill it, and that's hard, and I have to order it. And I <laughs> I, basically, what happened is I ran out, and I didn't have another one, and it ran out, and I wasn't expecting it to. Uh-huh. It all was, so then I was like, I'm just going to try something else. No. So now I'm fully stocked up. Yeah, that's what happened to me. And I now I know that okay,
0: it lasted ready. this long. So yeah. now I just have one what's, ready. What's your scent? I'm coconut. Oh, I'm coconut. Yeah, coconut. Yeah, I Love almost it. went with lavender because I got an extra one to keep in my work bag because mm-hmm. I you know, I travel on the weekends. And I almost just got an extra one. Well, I did get an extra one, but I almost got lavender because I use it before like I go to bed in the morning. After a night shift. I associate, yeah, and I associate lavender with sleep. So I was like, oh, that would be perfect. But then I was
1: afraid. I was like, I don't know. I do like the lavender. I got a sample set.
0: Oh, really? And you like the Mm -hmm. lavender? I like the lavender, too, but I use the coconut. Yeah, I'm a coconut girl. Yeah. Anyway. And now it's time for our life lesson of the week. This week, we are going to talk with Trish from a nonprofit organization called The One in Little Rock, Arkansas. But it's better known to locals as The Van. Trish reached out to us to raise awareness and to help others know that if they see a need in their community, that anybody is capable of stepping in to fill that need. So I'm gonna let Trish jump in from here and tell us about herself, her organization, and how it came to be, and what they do and how they help their community. Welcome Trish. Hi Trish. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to get to talk about this. This is my whole heart.
2: The van is a local grassroots nonprofit, little nonprofit here in I'm in Little Rock, Arkansas, by the way. Um, it was founded on the premise that we need to reach out to those in our in our community who live outside. Our local shelter system is. Broken, um, that's one way to put it. But even if every single person who was staying outside on the streets wanted to go in, there are not enough shelter beds. So the premise behind the van is to go out onto the streets and find people where they are, where they sleep and where they live, and bring them the basics. We bring clothes and food and hygiene items and all those types of things. But I think the biggest thing that we bring is dignity and friendship. Oh, I love that. We have teams that go to different parts of the Little Rock Metro and we build relationships. That's the biggest thing. How are you today? What What do you like to eat? What do you like to wear? I think there's this, I guess, anything's better than nothing stereotype. And it's, we just want to throw things at people because anything's better than nothing. But these are people's moms and dads and sisters and brothers and children, and they deserve love and respect, just like everybody else. I'd say that's the main premise of it is just going to people where they are and building those relationships. And can we get to the next step? Is there something that we can do to help you? not sleep on the sidewalk tomorrow night or in this camp or that kind of thing.
1: Now, how long have y'all been doing this work in Little
2: Rock? The nonprofit itself just turned 10 years old. Aaron, who runs it and is now my partner, that's a whole other story how that happened. I started as a volunteer and then uh, we went from there. So that's a whole other little love story. But Oh, I love that. So it's about 10 years old, but he's been doing this kind of work for probably closer to 15 years. You
0: guys formed this endeavor together after you met? No, he had formed the endeavor right before we met. We've been together.
2: We met about nine years ago and the nonprofit just turned 10. So I've been there for most of the ride. (laughs) He had worked in some local shelter systems and that just kind of helped him realize kind of the missing pieces like, oh my gosh, people aren't always going to come to us. So how can I get to them?
1: So, so he worked as a volunteer in the shelters at first. That He was an employee. An employee of the shelter. Okay. Yeah.
2: And then after he would get off work, he was like, hey, cough up your coats, your blankets or whatever. Because he would see some people during the day that didn't maybe get what they needed at their while they were at the shelter or their nights run out. At the shelter, I don't think a lot of people know, but there's a minimum amount of nights, and then you have to pay, even if it's three or four dollars a night. And if you don't have the three or four dollars a night, then you're back outside, and it's like it's this crazy circle.
0: I never knew that.
2: Yeah, that's a big thing that a lot of people don't know.
0: It can be three, four, up to seven dollars a night to stay in a shelter. Okay, that that's really interesting. I, yeah. Like, that's the first time I've ever
1: heard that before. Yeah, I had no idea. I didn't know.
2: And a lot of people that I've met would ra- almost rather stay outside. And the reasons run the gamut. It can be really germy and dirty and sick. And if you have any type of mental illness that makes you anxious when the room is filled with many, many people, a lot of times you have to hear the word of the Lord every single day before you can eat and get a pair of socks or whatever it is that you need. And that's good, all good and well. But if you've already heard that 252 times and you're just hungry, like, why can't I just get something to eat and a blanket and that's one of our things is no rules, no apologies, just help. Like, if you just need a pair of socks, you
0: don't have to do jump through hoops to get that. We're just going to give you a pair of socks. So there are no strings attached with the
1: with no help that you done.
0: give? None. No strings attached. I love that you really said that you give, like, individualized care. That you are making these people feel important and feel heard And special, because I think that disappears a lot in the Mm -hmm. homeless community. It does. The public has a way of, you know, I see a lot of homeless in my work, Um, working in an ER. I feel like the public has a way of not seeing this problem. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: They just put on their blinders. It's they don't want to see it. They don't want to believe that it's real, maybe. Maybe a lot of it is denial. But um, when it comes down to it, you know, each one of these people, they're humans and they have a story, they have a past, they have, you know, they have a reason why they're in the situation they're in. Exactly. That kind of leads me to tell you why I
2: came to it. And then I want to tell you about a really, we were talking about the individualized care. So there's two separate things there, but I came to it because I was in a very, abusive relationship which was foreign to me I was completely sheltered from that anyone ever went through that that it was even a thing that shelters existed I was completely oblivious and I left finally for the last time with a police officer holding him off of me and they were going to take me to a shelter and I was like you're going to take me to a what they were going to take you to a shelter. And I was like, but I have my mom. I can go to my parents. So then I, long story short, raised my children the next 10 years going when I can survive again, how in the world can I give back? Because this is really a thing. I could have, if I had no support system, no one to hold me up, I could have ended up in a shelter, they were going to take my dog to the pound and they were going to take me and my kids to a shelter. And what if I would have ended up there? And so we got to that point and I started looking for where can I give back and a place that it was like the real deal. And that's what I found at the van. I mean, there, it's like, we have, I mean, everything's on the table. It's just get in the streets, meet people where they are, And just love on them where they are. And then that leads me to, I was going to tell you about Catherine. She was, I became, we became friends. It took six months, six months of me going back over and over and over again for her to believe that I would continue to come back. And it took six months to get a hug um, from her. Because she was like, eh, you're just going to shove something at me and then never come back.
0: Because their trust and faith in, right. in in humans and the system is is I'm sure broken by that point. So
1: Catherine is someone that you met. She was homeless and she was yes. living. Tell us a little more about how you met her, who she was, what was her situation, like from the beginning.
2: Catherine was. She lived. I'll, if you are from Little Rock, you'll know she lived on the corner of Asher and University, right under the awning of a shopping mall just right out in the open and she only would keep enough things that she could sleep on. So they would, she would lean back on them and they would be behind her back. That way she could feel if somebody was trying to take it from her. So she kept very few things, wanted little. She was very soft-spoken. I think she was dealing with some mental illness, but I just kept coming back and I would, I just found, we found her there and I would tell her I'd be back and she'd be like, meh, you know. But this one night I asked her, I was like, what do you want to eat? And she looked at me and she goes, what do you mean? I was like, what do you want to eat? And she said, I would really love a salad and a tea. I'm so sick of cheeseburgers. So that was from everyone shoving, let's run through McDonald's or Wendy's and shove a combo meal at you. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Aaron, we've got to go find like the biggest, most beautiful salad ever and so I found her a salad a big beautiful salad and a giant um, tea and she patted the curb and invited me to sit with her and I cried and I'll cry now because it was almost like a, I'm gonna let you in now and it took months of that and so I went every week at least once a week and I would bring her requests, which were very specific. They became very specific once she trusted that I was going to honor her. They weren't out of, they weren't ridiculous, but they were specific. Like she liked to wear the color black and that kind of thing. And I was in the process of trying to find her a black ski mask because it was turning cold. She ended up losing her life. She was murdered by a man that owned a local tattoo shop. And so it was just like everything ripped out from under us. And so now every year on the anniversary of her death, we go light candles there and all that. And I have one bazillion stories of people like Catherine that I could tell you because you get to know them and you get to know I knew what she liked to eat. I knew what she liked to wear, and I knew that she just needed somebody in this
1: world that was going to keep coming back, no matter what. Did she tell you, you know, what led her to living there, or, or you know, what what happened? So you don't know her backstory.
2: Now I know a little bit of her backstory after her death because her sister reached out, and that's when I learned. I didn't even know her last name till she died. Because we don't even ask those things. Everything everything is up to them, the, them to share. So I right. think that's where the trust comes in because we don't pry. We don't go, what are you doing here? And you're going to eat this and you're going to wear this and you're going to do this and this. And th- it's just, how are you today? And if you don't want to talk today, I will leave you alone and move along. And if you do, then I'll sit here for five hours. It's just whatever you want to do. I have another friend that lives right here in my neighborhood. Like I could just walk to her right now named Joan and she's 94 years old, 94. And she lives. And she lives on the street and she lives on the streets.
0: Oh gosh. I just feel like that's wrong on so many levels, but is that, is that her choice? Is there, uh, is there a place where she could be? Right. At this point, it is her choice. I will say
2: that about her. She's like, I don't want to keep up with the house. I don't want to keep up with these things. And she has a lot of dementia, I would say. And the neighborhood just really takes great care of her. In fact, she was hospitalized once. And some brave soul called the van because we are the local homeless person, bad one one And they're like, we have this lady and... We think she needs to be in a home and blah, blah, blah. And I I figured out they were talking about Joan and I go, put her back where you found her, put her back, put her back because she's going to, she's going to just give up. If you trap her, if you trap her, she's going to give up, but she's years. I'm talking about five years, five-ish years now that I've known her and she does trust me to get in my car. So sometimes she'll get in my car and just take a nap. Like, I'll just drive around and let her take a nap. And if her things are wet or if it's really frigid cold, she still wants to stay out. But if her things are wet, she'll let me um, pay for her a motel room so that she can dry her things and get a good bath and that kind of thing. But then she always wants me to take her back. And some days she wants to visit with me for a long, long time. And other days she'll tell me. Trish, you know, I work for myself and I've got things to do. I'm busy. And that means that means move that along. Means and, off. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I respect that. And that's
0: why we're friends. That's why we're friends. Something that I recently learned from one of my patients is that when you live outside, you don't sleep a lot mm-hmm. because it's really not. There's a, a lack of security and just that Ability to feel safe to close your eyes and to actually rest and sleep is just not there. And so, you know, he described it as you catch a cat nap when you can't help it, I think is how he worded it. Yeah,
2: that's probably the perfect way to word that. Yeah. Uh
0: huh. Yeah. So, how outreaching are you? Do you, are you like pretty? outreaching to like all of Little Rock or do you take care of certain neighborhoods? Do people know who you are? Like when you come into the neighborhood, do people know who you are? I would say we have, we
2: absolutely serve the entire Little Rock Metro, which means it's divided into, you know, how when you live in a big city, they call. So we have downtown Little Rock and then we have Midtown and West and we have Southwest And then we have North Little Rock. And so we have different teams that take a literal van. I wish I could show all the peoples the pictures (laughs) of the van. We have compartments and we load it up with all the things from feminine hygiene, toilet paper, clothes, underwear, food, snacks. And we take it to each of these different parts of the city. And by having the teams that go to that same part of the city all the time, That helps with that relationship building that I was talking about. So, oh, I'm going to see you each time. And then uh, that's where the relationships come in. Do you have a schedule? Uh, We do. We do have a schedule so that people know when you're going to be
1: in their area how many different teams do you have? And, and each one has like their own van going out. Is that how that works?
2: We have one van, oh, one so, van. Uh, okay. Right. One van that, and we have the most amazing, we have a giant warehouse. Now we've grown so much. I could talk for years, but I'm trying to condense. We have this giant warehouse and this amazing team of ladies that organize it. And, We'll restock the van and have it all ready for the next team to go out. So right now, Aaron and I are doing both Tuesday and Thursday because COVID, we're a little bit short-staffed. So on Tuesdays, we do Little Rock south of 630. That means nothing to anyone here. And then on Thursdays, we do North Little Rock. And so we have a few people we know where they live, but we're always looking for new
0: faces. And we've seen a lot since covid so you literally just drive around the neighborhoods and just look for the homeless and you approach them? Yes.
2: Are they wary the first time? The first time, absolutely. They think this is the craziest thing I've ever heard, ever seen. No one just comes out of nowhere and gives you things. You, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. So yes, which makes me cry every time because it's just so amazing to just hand someone something as simple as a dry new pair of socks and for someone to just break down or the shoot, their soles have come out of their shoes and you have happened to have their size and they break down. I mean, it's just like, it's like, Oh, you came out of nowhere and here you are. And It's just the coolest thing. And some people we see over and over for years, and some people we see once. And then we have the success stories, or if you want to call it that, of those who are now inside. And we remain friends. Because even though all of a sudden you get a spot and you've overcome, you still need friends and that support system and so we are that support system to a lot of people who don't have family
1: or have their family anymore for various reasons so tell us about some of those successes or or any that stand out i'll give
2: you one of my favorites and this one belongs to aaron but i'm going to tell it because i'm eddie's friend too there's a guy named little eddie and he slept under a bridge in a neighborhood here in Little Rock for over 20 years, like 26 years. He was outside under a bridge and Aaron went many times a week to take care of him, not take care of. I hate to say it that way. They became buddies, but just to make sure he was covered up um, and he's out of the cold. To help provide for yeah, him. To and check they, on him, to check on him. You yeah. Know, just
1: to check in.
2: Right. And, but then they became... Buddies, I mean now they're they are inseparable. And he went for several years and finally little Eddie said, I've had enough. I've had enough and I'm tired and I want some help connecting the dots. And so Aaron did it. They he got his disability check going for him or helped him to connect those dots. And they found a tiny little apartment. That he has, and he lives only probably about two miles from us. And he has his, his apartment, and he just celebrated in February eight years inside. And he will go through, and they go to the grocery store. Aaron is still his friend. See, if he would have just got him in the apartment and then ran off, we could have been right back outside. So they go to the grocery store to get groceries. They go on the first of the month every month period, end of story. They have a set appointment to pay his bills because that's when he gets paid and he'll go through his budget with me. I had to pay my rent and my light bill, this, this, this. And then they're buddies. Like sometimes Aaron will need to go do things and like, hey, I need you to watch the truck. I've got stuff and dogs and stuff. And so they run around town together and run errands and he'll text me. He's like, I love you and Aaron. You're my best friends. And That kind of thing. He never fails to tell me happy birthday, happy Mother's Day, happy Valentine's Day, whatever day it is. And I'm his medicine person. We have to talk about his medicines. Uh, Do you have them? Are you taking them? You have to always take your blood pressure medicine for the rest of your life. (laughs) All those kinds of things. We're just his friends now. And so he's probably one of my favorite success
0: stories. But it's because we stayed he kept his support system. Do you feel like if a lot of people had a better support system or people to help them facilitate daily living, that they could be successful at maintaining a a, a home? Yes. Do you think that's a missing link? I think it's a huge missing link. A support system. There's just this...
2: I don't know any other way to describe it. There is a group of people on this earth that fall into this category due to mainly not having a support system, but maybe it's low IQ or a mental illness to go along with it. It's like multiple things all bound up into this one. And this group of people makes up They're not ever going to complete your program. They're not ever going to be able to finish any kind of education. They're not going to stay in your shelter. There's just like this group of people that completely falls through the cracks. The cracks.
1: Uh That's what it sounded like to me. They just fall through the cracks, and they don't have the support system to help them. And it's hard to live in the modern-day world, you know, just— we had to do something really simple. My son is is 21. We needed a new social security card. So we went to the social security office. Just trying to navigate that as me, myself, with my son, it was a challenge. And so I think that some people just, they're like, I'm not jumping through hoops. I don't, I'm just, I, I give up. It's too hard. Do, do you yeah. see that? with? Absolutely. It, it's, it's, it, is, it was hard for me. And so I can't even imagine how hard it is if you have other challenges.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you are a person struggling with anxiety, you don't deal well with stressful situations, you don't deal well with people, or you have, you know, poor communication skills where you can't get your point across or your needs across, then I just see so many ways where it's gonna fall apart for you without somebody there to help guide you or be your voice or, you know, help navigate these things for you.
2: And there's so much of a, and I'd like to say more so in the South, it just seems like there's so much of this, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps mentality, which makes me so sad because now that I really know people, I know their names and I know a lot of their stories and I know, it's just not that simple to just right. go
1: get a job or go, you know, if you haven't showered in a week. Exactly. And you don't have the clothes. Right. And they want you to have certain shoes and certain, you know, pants. You know, I've, I've like I said, I've been watching my son make a life, you know, on his own and live independently. And everything is hard from getting mm-hmm. electricity in your name is hard. Exactly. We take it for granted if you've, you know, had an electric bill for However many years we've all lived on our own, but if you're starting out, it is not easy. And they have to pay more. That's yeah, the part they also. do right. He's like, I don't have any, you know, any established credit, so mine's going to cost more. I'm like, that's not right. We make it harder, right? They
0: want a deposit for everything, or yeah, mm-hmm. they do. They, they make do. it very hard to the, start. The,
1: the harder a circumstance you're in, the actually harder it is to get what you need
2: mm-hmm.
1: and we've had friends who
2: get jobs like we were able to get the no slip shoes the black pants the whatever it is to maybe work at a fast food place for them to get there and then work a week but not had been able to find someone where to shower and wash their clothes reboot get enough sleep and they
0: lose the job mm-hmm. it just feels like this never ending vicious cycle mm-hmm Yeah. So if you would say, I've heard before, like people will say, you know, don't donate this, donate that. And sometimes when you see those, you're like, wow, I would have never thought of that. And like women's feminine care products is something that never crossed my mind to donate. Mm -hmm. So if you could say like your top five things that people need or the most grateful for, what would they be? For us, for sure, it's always gonna be the warm things like a
2: blanket or a sleeping bag. Fresh underwear and socks are absolutely golden. Wipes, baby wipes, those are so helpful to just clean up on the fly. And then seasonally, bug spray. It's almost bug spray season. Um, You get eaten alive by mosquitoes at night. In the winter, it's going to be more things like the warm hands, the hot hands, and those
0: types of things in the warm gear. But I would say those are the tops. If you can keep. And you said shoe insoles earlier, and that just like my brain went, wow. Like that would have never crossed my mind. Well, the sole of his shoe was coming off. Oh, okay. I thought you meant insole. No, no. It
2: was flopping as he walked. So we happened to have his exact size and
1: we're able to give him a pair of shoes that weren't falling apart so if people you know, you know y'all you have got this going in little rock are there other communities that have followed your lead and started programs similar to this or if someone is listening right now and they're they're led to help and they think you know i would like to do something like this in my community you know do y'all help other people set up this type of program have you done that before we have And by we, I
2: mean, Aaron has, because I'm a school teacher, so it all would fall on his shoulders. And so for a while, we had other vans. We had one in Atlanta, Georgia. We had big need there. um, Oh, huge need. It was called Vanlanta. You're welcome. Oh, Van Lanta. Yeah. yeah. And then we had a couple others here in Arkansas. There's one in Russellville, Arkansas, and they are still going. So that was a spin-off from us. And there's another one in Searcy, Arkansas, that's also a spinoff. They are the Rust bus and the mission machine. But as far as other and we get asked from time to time, will you come help us? We want to do this. And he just doesn't, he just doesn't have the time especially for free to leave the work here and go to because it takes it takes a lot of work. And I think that's the biggest thing is people get excited and they're pumped up and they're like, I'm going to do this thing. And it's so much work. It's so much hard work to be a nonprofit is hard work to just really put your boots on the ground and go find people and keep this alive is so much hard work.
0: Would you suggest that they just get involved with an existing nonprofit in the area and, and just kind of learn and and get some experience there before trying to do anything on their own? Maybe, probably, because I think you do, you get
2: excited and you think I'm going to jump in and I'm going to do this thing and you don't realize just the ins and outs of what it, what it takes the day in and the day out to keep it up and running, so... I would first ask yourself, what is your why? Like, why do you really, really want to do this? Is this something that just struck my fancy right this minute? Or this is something that I'm really going to pour my whole heart and soul into. And both are fine. But I think if it's just something that's like hits you on a whim, like absolutely reach out to those already doing the work and see
1: what you can do to do to help. And I was going to say would it be valuable for them to come to Little Rock and spend some time with you in like instead of you know Aaron going to them which is is a lot they could come to you and volunteer and get their boots on the ground with you and and see what it's like Do y'all ever have people do that? We haven't because once again that falls on Aaron. <laughs> right. And he's super and
2: he's instilled this in me. We do have people come to visit, but we have never ever taken it takes a long time to be able to get into the van. And because I think it's been so successful because of that trust that we've built. And so it's really hard. We don't, people will call and want to do that part of the volunteer work. Also, I want to ride in the van. And we're like, no, it doesn't. You got to start somewhere else. You got to start, start somewhere else. Start it. Exactly. Sort some underwear. Sort there some you go. Crazy donations. That's another thing I wanted to touch on, but I see we're about, we're going to run out of time, but we we have a few more minutes. Mm -hmm. Okay. But yes, start somewhere else, put, you know, put some time in and show that you're really going to stay because we have tons of people that they want to come volunteer for the day or check this off of their sorority list or their Sunday school class, to-do list like oh yay we did this you know and now we're all done and we're trying to foster those people who this is your heart and you really want to stay and this is this is what you want to do and so you don't just automatically get to jump into the van and go because we keep very sacred people spots we don't tell anybody where people live. We don't take strangers to their homes just like I would never bring a stranger to your house without your permission. We give that same respect to people who live on the streets or in camps.
1: I love that. I loved, yeah, me too. Yeah. Yes.
0: Tell our listeners how can they find you and and how can they help you if they're called to help you? The main place to look would be our website,
2: which is it's the van dot org, I t s t-h-e-v-a-n dot org. Um we're also on Facebook as It's the Van. So if you look up It's the Van on Facebook, you'll be able to find us. And we're in Little Rock, Arkansas. Both places um, will lead you to a place that shows our needs. We have an Amazon wish list. We have that's there. We have you can donate. And I was going to say that too. We survive off of people giving five, 10, 15 bucks a month donations, uh, 20 month, $20 a month. That's who we survive off. A bazillion people given a little bit. So if you can't, that was one thing I was gonna say about volunteering as a whole. If you have a skill, bring that skill. If you have the heart, bring your heart. If you don't, if you have time, bring the time. If you have five dollars, give five dollars. Cause all those five dollars add up to. A lot of things. So that was another thing I wanted to throw out there too.
0: And did I see that you, uh, a person could choose you on their Amazon Smile? They did can. I see that on your website? Uh-huh. Okay. So, people that don't know, you can sign up for a program through Amazon and it's called Amazon Smile. And Amazon gives a percentage of your purchases over the year to a not for profit of your choosing. And so they just, um, they type in, what, what would they type in to find you? Do you know? For that, it's going to be the one ink or the one incorporated. Okay.
2: That's the big, the big picture. That's what we're incorporated under. Because we did have all the vans that I was talking about right now. We have the van, Van Lanta, the rest Bus. All of those were under that window at one. At one time, uh-huh. and now we just have the van. And we also have a garden, a, a little farm. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but we do have a lady that lives there that used to live on the streets and lives in a camper there. So there's another story. And she lets the chickens out every morning and puts them up at night. And is a presence on our farm. So that's a whole other thing. But that farm, too, is under our umbrella. So we take fresh food and eggs to camps as well.
1: Oh, I love I'm telling you, I
2: could talk to you for 27
1: hours. But anyway, so all of that is under the one ink, the one (laughs) ink. Well, listeners, we know where we can help out. And you know, if Amazon smile, great program doesn't cost you a thing to use it. So so put that in there. Trish, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah. And thank you for reaching out to us.
2: For sure. For sure. I'm so excited to be here. And thanks for listening to me. I could go on and on.
1: Well, that was great hearing from Trish. Now I feel like I should find something to do in my local community. Do you feel the same way, Sherry? I do. You know, well, I frequently have. That's why,
0: you know, throughout my life, I've gotten involved with various different organizations because I do have a calling to help people.
1: Yeah, definitely those less fortunate. You know, my life has been about helping people as has yours. You know, that's why we go into healthcare or teaching or you know, the work that we're doing now with our our various communities. So before we get to the listener-led lesson of the week, we always take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible to bring you the podcast. And this week, we're actually talking about ourselves again, the Delayed On Deny social network. And we're recording this in the end of March. And Sherry knows something really big is getting ready to happen. What is it? Five days from today. And maybe some people will be really surprised when they hear it for the first time, and then they'll go, oh, well, that really isn't surprising when you think (laughs) about it. But I have decided to completely leave Facebook, which is just, you know, today I worked on a blog post that I'm going to release on Monday, March 29th. So by the time this podcast comes out, this, this will have been out for almost a month, this blog post. But I really enjoyed writing it because it was kind of like, you know, trip through my time that I've been on Facebook. You know, when I started in November of 2008, you know, when did you join Facebook? Do you remember? Uh, not till 2009. I was here in November of 2008. And remember when we used to talk in third person? Uh-huh. That was how we talked. Yes. Yeah. That was so weird when it first started. And, and yeah, I was thinking also, Cal was born in 1999, and then I went on Facebook in 2008 he wasn't even 10. And now he's 23. Get married. He's turning as yeah. a career. That is such a huge chunk of of life. I've been on Facebook for 13 years. And, you know, I was talking to my husband about it last night. And I'm like, well, do you ever, do you feel like you should, you know, because he and I have been talking it through for months. So I've been, you know, struggling with what to do. And he's like, oh, yeah. I mean, he feels the same way, but he just doesn't. Like, I think a lot of people realize we spend a lot of time on Facebook, but it becomes all-consuming. For me, it was my my work for so many years. Ever since 2015, Facebook has been my job, and it's gotten to the point where, I mean, you've been with me on vacations. You've been with me. You know, we'll have to stop what we're doing and say, whoa, I've got to handle something right right now. And so, you know, it, it might be Christmas Day. I mean, I'm not making this up. Christmas Day. And I'm like, oh, everybody, I've got to go handle a problem on Facebook that's happening on Christmas Day somewhere in Facebook land. And so I have not been fully present. I feel like I'm going to cry. Huh. Woo. The emotions of this. I have not been fully present in my life since 2015. Yep. Absolutely.
0: I know. I mean, I'm just going to tell you just all the time I've spent moderating your Facebook groups over the years, my husband's a little bitter about it because he feels like it takes time away from him and our time together, but especially he'll get upset when he's trying to tell me something and all of a sudden we have like a reported post come in or something and I'm like, wait, hold up.
1: I got to, I got to handle this. Exactly. And, but you have to, because it's important, you know, you got to help the community not have a problem. So it might sound crazy, like, all right, so you're not going to be on Facebook, but you have a whole new social network, but it's so very different. It's small. You know, even we have almost half a million members in our Facebook communities when you combine them. That's, that's the thing that I don't think people understand. Half a million people is a lot to manage. Mm -hmm. And so instead of, of managing that, we're shifting over to the Delayed on Deny social network. It's not Facebook. So you're not going to get trapped into going back all day and scrolling through and scrolling through and, and all that. It, you know We're not showing you ads. It's just us and our, our groups that we have. We have over 100. Is it 115 groups we have now? I think we're at 116. Something like that. So you can find, you know, you can connect. We have a life lessons community group there. So you can go to that and you know, listen to the podcasts and... Really, it's it's very different than interacting with Facebook. I'm actually choosing to go on my computer. Right. Even you know, we're we're gonna have a mobile app that comes out eventually, but I think I might limit myself to using it on the computer only. And that way I'm not gonna get sucked in
0: to, to checking doing it throughout it. Yeah, the day. I don't
1: need to look at it, you know, every five minutes. Well, and here's the difference too.
0: You know the whole saying, quality over quantity. Yes. So the people that choose to join us at the delay don't deny social network. They are there in. because they're, they're all, are in. all they're
1: enthusiastic. In
0: yep. Because they want to be there. They weren't added to the group by somebody else, and they just happen to be there. Uh, we don't have people that are there who don't who are not convicted to the lifestyle. Right. we don't have people there who are dipping the toes in the, their water and sampling and arguing and starting cat fights everybody there is invested right and that's exactly so right. there's just a a whole level of like meaning and quality that's happening there
1: it's right and and it's it's not expensive but it's enough that it will keep out people who are not fully invested in their hearts. that mm-hmm. That's the difference. You know, when you're on a free platform, the cost to joining is zero. You're here I am. And so now, you know, There's it's 59, if you join as a founding member, it's 59.95 for the year, which works out to be 4.99 a month. And one of the new members posted something. She's like, this is one dinner out with my, with my husband and it pays for the year, mm-hmm. she said. Yeah. That was her analogy. I'm like, you're right. That is one dinner out with your husband. And, and that pays for the entire year of being a member of the community. I want to say, too, if you are a listener to this podcast and maybe you are not
0: an intermittent faster yet, <laughs> <laughs> we always hope to convert people. It's true. There's still a place for you in this community. Because while we our foundation is fasting and a fasting lifestyle, we have groups for stay-at-home moms and working moms. We have the Man Cave where we have men, male members, and they just chit chat and talk about whatever fasting or family or work or whatever. Um, We have the she shed, where women are giving each other support with PCOS and transitioning through menopause, infertility. And, you know, we don't give medical advice. But it's that support from other people who know what you're going through and and what you're living through. We have an alcohol free group for people to give each other support when they're trying to adopt an alcohol free lifestyle.
1: And we also have a group for people who enjoy alcohol, the alcohol and libations <laughs> group. So there really is something for everyone in the Delay Don't Deny social network. And and like I said, I'm, you know, my quality of life is so much different because, you know, I go. And there's one group called Ask Jen, where people can come and ask me questions that, I'm gonna be there all, I mean, I'm not gonna be there every minute, but when anyone asks Jen, I get an email. And I can go in and answer all of those at you know one time. And then the twenty-eight day fast start for people that are new to intermittent fasting, I'm going to mentor in there. So it's like I'm going back to my roots of Mm -hmm. of why I started these intermittent fasting support groups in the first place. You know, you can ask Jen a question and ask Jen, I'm gonna be in the twenty-eight day fast start group mentoring the new fasters because that is truly my passion and my love. But what I'm not doing is, you know, post approval, you know, back in the day we had I remember one day I was trying to do post approval in the regular delayed on Deny group, and I was about to make dinner. There were a certain number of posts. Let me just say 35. Let's say there were 35 posts that needed approval. And I'm like, I'll be able to make dinner as soon as I approve these posts. I started approving the posts, and you, you would have to answer them and do something with each one. You don't just go click, click, click 35 times. That's not what it was. We were trying to you know, give support. And as I kept going through the list, the number of posts to be approved were going up. I started crying, because I mean I started at 35, and then there were 37, and I'd already approved 10, because more were coming, and they were coming in faster than we could we could process them. That's when we changed how the regular delay don't deny group was managed, because that group has 300,000 members even today, and that helped a lot. But it's it's just been all consuming. So it, it's nice to be able to have a community that is smaller. It's it's all of ours, and you know, people are just a little bit more invested to the point that I think that it's going to solve the problems of, of Facebook. We are not closing the regular Delayed on Deny community group, the main group. The moderators are still going to run that. I'm not going to be there. Yep.
0: And as for the Life Lessons Facebook group, I will be there. Right. I won't be there. We will still – it will still be a live community on Facebook – you know, nothing. We don't plan to change anything there. Jen just won't be there. Yeah.
1: It just feels so weird. But, you know, when I wrote that blog post, it's going to go live in five days. And it just felt so cathartic to talk it through. And, you know, I mentioned in the blog post, which will have been out now for almost a month, it feels like Facebook is very much a love story and that I've loved. I mean, it. it's brought me you.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's brought me true friends. It's brought me so much gratitude and satisfaction. But, you know, there's been a dark side to it, not just the time that I have not been present in my life for. Really, that didn't start till 2015. So it hasn't been the whole time. Right. But I have not been fully present since 2015. That is a long time. Jen and I
0: have spent several weeks together vacationing here or there. And we have never had a hour go by that we did not check Facebook.
1: Never, no. I really, I take my phone into the shower with me. So, so anyway, it's come exciting visit us on the Delay Don't Deny social network. Delay Don't Deny social network. It's dddsocialnetwork.com is the web address. And you know, maybe maybe you don't need to be on Facebook anymore either. Maybe you've been thinking about it, like Chad, but it's hard to make that transition. And anyway. We Stay would love too. to see you there. We would. So we have a, a listener-led lesson from Sean, and he has financial advice, and he says, never co-sign a loan, but instead you can guarantee it. I didn't know that. I didn't know this either. So a guarantee won't show up on your credit report if the, the person that you guarantee it for doesn't make the payments. Now, you're still liable for the payments, but... It's not the same as if you co-sign. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that was really eye-opening to me. I did not know that. And I actually had to read
0: about it after he submitted that. So that's something you might want to look into if you're ever asked to co-sign alone. At the end of each show, we share a motivational quote from a listener. And today I'm going to share two different listener submissions because to me, they feel like they have a common theme. Caroline sent in two quotes from professional surfer bethany hamilton they are life begins at the end of your comfort zone and courage doesn't mean you don't get afraid courage means you don't let fear stop you oh i love that that's a good one then trudy's favorite quote is from general george s Patton, and it's accept the challenges so that you can feel the exhilaration of victory And she wrote, it reminds me that it's worth it to step outside my comfort zone and accept the challenges in life. And both of I mean, all of those just kind of felt like they went together to me. It's, you know, don't get comfortable. I mean, Jen, Jen is way
1: stepping out of her comfort zone. I am. And, you know, it sounds crazy because who would leave a half a million strong community? It's the opposite of what anyone would tell you to do. It does it like, yep, but it, it feels right for my soul. Mm-hmm. And it, it just feels like like something that, that I've got to do. Yep. Yep. So. All right. Well, listeners, thank, thank you, you Caroline. for joining us. Oh, and, and Trudy. Thank you. Yes. That was great. and Out of my comfort zone. That's where the magic happens, right?
0: You know, I didn't even think about your situation at all when I chose when you chose today. Those. But it just all came
1: together for it me does. right that's, now. That's how it works. So thank you for joining. So even though I'm not going to be there, please join our Facebook community because it is very awesome. It is. and It's called Life Lessons with Jen and Sherry, and the podcast will will always still be based on the podcast, and I am here. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, and we would love for you to leave a review. That helps others find it. Um, Do you have a story to share for our Good News segment, a listener-led lesson, or a motivational quote that means something to you? Or do you have an area of expertise that you want to share as our featured guest for the week as we present our weekly Life Lesson? Email us at connect at lifelessonscommunity.com and listen each week to see if we share your story or tip. And until next week, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.